You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we'll be discussing eating disorders, body image, and diet. You know, Ashley, there's uh, several things that I, I work with a lot of different problems that teenagers have, but one of them that I do not specialize in is eating disorders. So if we're going to really delve into those issues, we got to have somebody else come in and pinch hit. That's right. And I'm really excited to have Amy Carlson join Jessica today on a guest interview. You get to hear Jessica ask Amy Carlson, who does specialize in all of this because she's a registered dietitian. She's been practicing for the last 20 years in the Houston area. You can find her at hellopeacewithfood.com. And she's the co-founder of Peace With Food app. She's been married for over 27 years and she has four children of her own. So um, not only has she raised kids through the teenage years, but she specializes in all the dietary realm. And so I'm really excited to listen to this interview with her and Jessica today. Today's episode is just a portion of the full length episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, click the link in the show notes and head over to Patreon. Our Patreon supporters get full length episodes of all of our interviews as well as extra content. Today, I have a really fun guest on the show today. It's Amy Carlson. She is a registered dietitian practicing for 20 years here in Houston. She's my real life friend. She has the website hellopeacewithfood.com and she is the co-founder of Peace With Food app and she's been married for 27 years and has four children. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me today, Amy. I am excited about this conversation. I'm excited to be here. There's so many good things that we could talk about and I know a zillion different directions we could go, so I'm super excited. Yes. Now, Amy is, a, like I said, a real-life friend, so that's fun just to be together. But she is also one of the wisest and funniest people I know. <laughs> so I know you'll appreciate what she has to say. And as a parent, there are so many times where I need an expert opinion on things. And I'm glad that she's here to offer some expert opinion about common types of eating disorders in teens. And as parents you know, how to go about um, treating those, talking with experts who might be able to help us, help our families. And then I also want to talk a little bit more to the broader group of people about dinner time in the awesome. home. So, yay, exciting. Okay, so let's get started. So what are the most common types of eating disorders that you would see in teenagers? Absolutely. So I've been doing this for a really long time. Um, as you said, actually, I've been in practice for over 24 years, and it's been kind of interesting to me. I battled myself with an eating disorder. It started mm -hmm. when I was in 10th grade, um, back way back then. Um, there, I didn't really even understand what eating disorders were. Um, I knew that you know my own struggle began to happen, and when I first started practicing, the primary eating disorder that I saw was anorexia in my practice. Mm -hmm. uh, restriction, really, restriction, sort of body obsession, and anorexia, which is maintaining a lower-than-normal body weight, restricting food. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the years, that also was a time when eating disorders um, weren't super well-known. They were kind of a um, kind of a narrow group of people. 
but the broader culture wasn't obsessed quite as much with dieting as it is today. Mm-hmm. And over the course of time, um, certainly I saw uh, teenagers with bulimia as well, which is binge purge. Um, but today it's sort of an interesting thing because there's all sorts of spectrums. There's an eating disorder continuum that ranges from a full-blown eating disorder, possibly you know higher-level care, down to what we consider just disordered eating, which mm-hmm. is um, body image, body dysmorphia, um, and sort of disordered eating in a way that it disrupts normal life. Mm-hmm. And so I get all types of eating and disordered eating, even when it comes to teenagers. Mm-hmm. What's interesting today that's different than when I first started to practice is that eating disorders aren't quite as easily identified because so many parents are also modifying their eating mm-hmm. and then their children um, begin to change and shift their eating, which doesn't seem that strange in today's culture. Mm-hmm. So parents will sort of think, well, and they'll come in and say, this is, I hear this all the time. My child, um, she just wanted to be healthier. I thought that was a good thing. I saw her kind of quote unquote, taking charge of her health. Mm-hmm. And then these things started to happen and these things happened, you know, she lost weight or we had a fainting, you know, with sports or, but it's, it's not as easily recognizable because it sort of is morphed into the, the bigger culture, the mm-hmm. context. And when parents, both dads and moms are changing their eating, it often gets overlooked because a lot of times people aren't even at the table. So mm-hmm. they're not at the table like they used to be. And so it's a, it's a super interesting dynamic. So I would I would say that the primary um, who's in my office today as a teenager tends to fall more in line with anorexia. Mm. But there's also this group of girls that, um, and I see primarily girls. I've absolutely seen boys, but I office out of my house, so mm-hmm. I see primarily um, girls in my office. But um, there's a there's a a group of um, teenagers that I even have that would be considered restricting but they're not afraid of food so in other words when they do eat they might eat chick-fil-a or um you know pizza Mm -hmm. and so or they may not eat anything and so parents tend to overlook and think well she eats chick-fil-a she can't have an eating disorder Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of a new sort of i didn't used to see that very much in my office if somebody had anorexia they they were going to tend to eat only certain foods and um, certain what we would consider to be quote-unquote really healthy foods. Mm-hmm. So there's a real, it's it's a shift. So I actually see quite a broad range of disorder. And I see girls um, as young as 11, and I have patients in my office as old as 65 with mm-hmm. eating disorders. Yeah, that is surprising. As old as 65, that's yeah. notable. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's something that a lot of times you start when you're young, and you might struggle with it for a long time. And I think that moms can relate because a lot of us, uh, had eating disorders as a teenager, we might still fall back into old patterns or old ways of thinking that maybe we've recovered from anorexia, but now we we often diet or or restrict to certain food groups that we no longer eat certain food groups because of dietary um, agendas or goals that we might have. Yeah. So I can see how parents, and you were saying parents play a part in... Um, you know, not not even recognizing an eating disorder because they themselves are, they have their own issues. We all, parents have our own issues too. So yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's good. That's a good point that you made. Uh, so as a parent, what would be some things that you would say are warning signs that we should be um, just not in fear of, but okay, this happens. This is probably a sign that something's not exactly right. Is it just uh, maybe, maybe our, our, 
daughter is just talking more about her body or talking more about mm-hmm. what she does, dislikes about her body? Would that be something that we need to address with them? Tell me some signs that you see. Yeah. So what's interesting, the pandemic has played a, a major role. I mm-hmm. can't even tell you the, the influx of precious young girls I've had since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is that they have been on their phones more, TikTok, so, you know, social media, um, a lot of sort of agenda associated with sort of one of the girls said recently, you know, the pandemic glow up that we were all trying to get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said, no, I didn't know, but yeah, okay, I'm tracking you now. Um, and there, there, there was a fixation sort of during the pandemic on our bodies and our mm-hmm. eating and what goals am I going to do now that I'm, you know, at home. And so I think a lot of parents sort of, at least during that time, sort of looked at, well, it's harmless. You know, they're, they're getting into sort of their nutrition goals or, or their fitness goals, they would say. Mm-hmm. But in the broader sense, kind of pre-pandemic through now, there's a few things that I really encourage parents, especially when I do kind of eating disorder awareness week kind of conversations is there's a shift in your child's patterns. So a lot of times you might have what we call, which we don't really call it anymore that, but a picky eater. Um, And so you always sort of think of them as, oh, they're a picky eater. But now they, oh, they're not going to eat pizza anymore. And it's their birthday and they say, I don't want to, I don't want cake anymore. I I just want to, you know, I'm trying to eat healthier. Those things aren't warning signs in themselves. But what happens is when a teenager begins to change their eating and they can't, change it for an event or they can't change it or they can't um, relax for a you know somebody's birthday or that where their their rules start to become over relationships the mm-hmm. the eating rules sort of dominate and even take place in precedence over relationships that's the beginning of a warning sign thinking wow this is really there's some sort of level of struggle here where my kid is thinking more about food more about their rules and what what's happening there typically for a child is they haven't eaten a food in a really long time and they don't want to break kind of that rule for that circumstance. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, obviously weight loss is a clue. It, it, it can be that your child, depending upon where their weight starts, that you don't see a weight shift for a while. They begin to sort of change their eating. I have a lot of athletes um, as clients and parents tend to miss it because the kids' schedule is, af- you know, athletics after school. Um, oh, I ate already. And if you're never seeing your child eat, um, all of a sudden paying attention to when are they eating? Are they actually, wait, I don't know the last time I saw my child eat because they're eating with their friends or they're not eating at the table because mm-hmm. they had sports till 8 o'clock at night. And they said, oh, I caught something on the way back. Other, other things to pay attention to are body talk, a lot of body talk. What's interesting though, when girls, and again, or boys are talking about their body, it's usually when they stop talking that I get more concerned Mm -hmm. because they've become withdrawn. Mm -hmm. They've become um, possibly obsessed. You can notice them body checking every time they pass a mirror. They're grabbing their wrists. They're starting to pay attention more to what their clothes are fitting looser. Um, And really, one of the things that happens with eating disorders is that parents tend to, I, 10 out of 10 times a parent comes in my office with their child and 10 out of 10 times they don't know, they actually don't believe that their child has an eating disorder. So I'll have a parent say, um, hey, my kid's experiencing some anxiety, they, they have some nutrition questions, can I bring them in? And they'll have full-blown anorexia. And the parent will say, how did I, 
how did I miss this? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is because we trust our children, especially if we have a good relationship. So they may have asked their child, are you eating? Yes, I'm eating. You know, they don't want to believe what's happening. And I don't blame them at all. It's Mm -hmm. really, really difficult. And so noticing signs of withdrawal, noticing uh, new food rituals, um, they have to have the same thing for breakfast every day. They can't really break their routine. Noticing increase in exercise. These are all clues that as a parent with eating disorders, parents tend to not want to address the issue. They're mm-hmm. scared. They're scared they're going to say something wrong. Um, they're scared that they're going to frighten their child you mm-hmm. know, away. Um, they're afraid that their child will withdraw. I always want to teach parents it's okay to ask your kid, hey, I've got some I've got some concerns. These are some things I'm seeing. Tell me, tell me how you're feeling. Um, and that's not that the kid the child is going to, if they're in a full-blown eating disorder, they're probably not going to come out and say that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think I have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you'll notice is the child will actually get some sense of relief that the parent is noticing mm-hmm. because eating disorders are a lot about secrecy. Mm-hmm. And so the child will sort of have this. Not that they'll even demonstrate sort of that relief, but a a kid feels very, very alone in their eating disorder brain. And so for a parent, I always say, ask, have the conversation with the child. Hey, here's some Mm -hmm. things that I'm seeing. And and if you sit down and you prepare a a meal for your child and they can't eat it, there's some alarm bells right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot, a lot there, but your instincts as a parent are usually right. Well, Amy, you led me right to the next question. Is So I've seen a few signs. Now what do I do? How do I start this conversation with my kid without, uh, one, blaming them for lying to me? Mm Because I think a lot of times you think that's they've been so deceptive. I asked them several times if they'd eaten, and they lied to me. And so it's easy to focus on the lying instead of the the true issue, which is the eating disorder. Uh, It's also easy as a parent to become scared and and threatened and say, we're going to go see somebody right now. We're going to go fix this. You, You want to fix it for your child, and that's trying to control the situation isn't always best. So yeah. how do you walk in and talk to your kid without pulling out all those negative coping mechanisms as a parent? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? How do you pull out, draw out the conversation and bring them out of the secrecy that they've been living in? Well, you bring up a really good point, an excellent point, and I'm so glad you brought it up. We don't talk about it very much. But eating disorders are deceptive, and your a child in general does not want to lie to their parents. And focusing on the the issue of you lied to me is not the time and place for it when your child hasn't. They are going to lie because mm-hmm. what they are doing is trying to please the eating disorder voice or their rules, but they also care about pleasing you, mm-hmm. and they don't want to disappoint you, and they're scared, and they don't know. I would say again, nine out of ten of my my sweet, you know, teen clients have would say, I thought I could control it myself. Mm-hmm. I thought I could just fix it myself. And so they're gonna sort of please the parent. I'm gonna eat this thing in front of my parents. So a lot of times kids won't eat all day and then they'll eat with their parents at the evening meal and the parent will say, But I've saw I've seen them eating, you know, they're eating with me. And so when you begin to sort of notice signs and do that, one of the one one great thing to do and this is kind of double-sided, is to have them have just a well check or call your PD and say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, if you have been regularly going to the pediatrician, you know, every year, every other year for well checks, you can see pretty quickly if they've fallen off their growth curve. Mm-hmm. And that growth curve, you know, is, is different for all of our children. You know, maybe they are in the 95th percentile and they track sort of there and all of a sudden they're down at 75th percentile. Well, 
that's not alarming um, to be at 75th percentile, but if they've always tracked at 95th and they, what we call, drop the, off, the, off the growth curve, off their normal growth curve, that's not normal for them. Mm-hmm. And in the teenage years, you don't tend to assume that kids are going to lose weight. They're mm-hmm. growing. They're in a growth stage. And sometimes that can be their heaviest weight as they're tracking towards adulthood mm-hmm. because those teen years and so when they drop. So getting them in for a PD appointment and labs and making eye contact with your pediatrician. So here's the double side. A lot of pediatricians miss it. Mm-hmm. And I just had this precious pediatrician in tears who said, I missed it for this sweet girl. She told me, she, you know, she was doing well. I asked her. She's an athlete. And she just said, I missed it. You know, here this pediatrician also doesn't want to miss it. And then the parent sort of has this, like, false sense of, okay, the pediatrician's not worried. I don't need to be worried. So another, so having the, going in for a well check, then you also have a baseline. Mm-hmm. You have a baseline to go, okay, we go back in three months and they're down another you know, whatever. Um, also, we get labs. And labs aren't usually abnormal in disordered eating until way down the road. But mm-hmm. what you also have is a baseline. Mm-hmm. Again, what's their glucose, you know, what, what things, liver enzymes and so forth. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is you you can acknowledge your child's interest in nutrition. It seems like you really want to be eating healthier. Um, I've made an appointment with a dietitian. And mm-hmm. uh, then you can ask her all your questions. You would find a dietitian that specializes in eating disorders. And then the nice thing about a dietitian is that a kid doesn't usually feel like, right, they're, um, hey, yeah, I do have a lot of questions about nutrition. And so a dietitian can, who specializes in eating disorders can make that diagnosis pretty, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have some initial support there. That isn't a trick, I'm not saying that as a way of, of tricking our kids, but it's a way of even you, sometimes parents are worried and their child really is just making some changes that are natural and normal. They're, mm-hmm. they're taking some autonomy with their nutrition. You know, they've, they've grown up as a kid getting, you know, plates served to them at dinner time. Right. And they're trying to take some autonomy. And there's, there's absolutely a, a sense of normalcy there for teenagers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, and I know that you talk on this podcast about normal teenage behavior. Yes. And part of normal teenage behavior is um, making some choices that feel like their own. Mm-hmm. One of the things that happens is that kids are exposed to a lot of different types of eating. You know, I'll have kids say, well, my friend became vegan, and I'd never heard of that, but then I thought, you know, and then I read, and I was sad about animals, and um, so I decided at least I could be vegetarian. And so they're they're kind of flexing that muscle of, I get to make my own choices. Mm-hmm. So even if you took them to a dietitian, you get to hear kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, this is sort of normal teenage behavior, or you can see if there's some alarms going off. That's where we're going to pause for today. If you like what you're listening and you'd love to hear the full length episode, head over to Patreon. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.